are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Welcome home. Somebody say welcome home. home. Are you ready for the word today? I have something that's been on my heart for a few weeks to share with you. And are you ready for your vitamin E today? Vitamin E. I'm I'm here to give you some encouragement. And uh, I I pray by the time we get done today that that you're going to leave with a different perspective. Maybe your circumstance in the natural doesn't change, but I believe that your perspective of your circumstances will change today. How many will believe that with me? Cool. It works a whole lot better if you agree with what I say. The time goes by real quick. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Look at this. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, let's read this, God is... With us. One more time, Emmanuel, which means? You sounded good, church. One more time, which means? How many believe that today, that God is with you? I really feel that the longer I follow Christ, um, the more that I truly believe that God is with me no matter what I face. No matter what I face in life, that he's not just with me on the mountaintop moments of my life when everything is going great, that, that, that he is with me even in the valley moments. Uh, I love the mountaintop moments, but I, in my personal life, I've come to know who God is in the valley moments of my life. I've come to know him. I, I enjoy him on the mountaintop, but I get to know him intimately in the valley. I've also come to know God in the wilderness of my life. The wilderness, that, that time, that season that seems dry and fruitless. You ever been there? Uh, as, as a pastor, I feel that way at times. Like, what do I have to say to anybody? I'm struggling myself personally. I'm in a personal wilderness. How can I get up and encourage people when I'm in a wilderness that seems fruitless? But I found out that the wilderness is the very thing that drives me to depend on God. I've also come to know God in the storms of life, the difficult moments, the times when you feel like everything's caving in. The times of chaos and confusion. The times when you feel like nothing is going right in my life. I've come to know him when everything is falling apart. And today I want to talk to you, really preach to you. This is a preach message, so I'm going to lay a short intro, and then I feel like preaching today. Will you let me preach today? I'm going to sweat. I'm going to spit. I'm going to run. I'm going to do whatever to get this out. First service was crazy, y'all. I want to talk to you today about this title, God with us in every storm. God with us in every storm. Can we say this together? God with us 
in every storm. One more time, church. God with us in every storm. I heard a preacher once say, you're either in a storm, you're either coming out of a storm, or you're going into a storm. Oh, storms are a part of life, right? Storms are a part of life. I don't mean to discourage you today. I hope to encourage you. But each and every one of us face storms. In the natural, a storm can bring a lot of destruction. We've lived through some tornadoes. Some of you have had your house destroyed in here because of a storm. A storm causes chaos and pain and loss of things and loss of peace and sometimes loss of life. But today I'm talking about a different kind of storm because some of you have some emotional storms going on. Some physical storms, some, some uh, mental storms, some financial storms that are very real and very painful for you right now. It's really not, it's everything but a Merry Christmas for you. And I think we need to take note that not everybody's having a Merry Christmas. But we also need to go to God's word to find our hope within the storm. Some of you storms of betrayal. Some of you storms of divorce. Some of you financial storms have hit this year. Some of you can't wait to get out of 2018 and step into a new year because this has been a year from hell for you. And I want to talk to you today. And I want to encourage you today. And I believe if you lean into this, by the time we're done, I believe your faith is just going to grow just a little more. I believe you're going to walk out of here with a, with a new step. I believe you're going to walk out of here with a new perspective that although my storm may not have changed, my perspective of what I'm going through has shifted. And I feel the presence of God in here all day today. And I know he's going to speak to you today. Storms of addiction. Storms of physical disease and pain. Some of you have been diagnosed with cancer this year. Some of you have lost a loved one this year. Storms, 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 storms. Some of you can't control the behavior of your own child. It's a storm. Some of you are shaken by your current job situation. Some of you lost your job this year. Some of you, your company went under this year. You've been in a storm. Unfortunately, many of us, when we find ourselves in the current situation of a storm, we begin to blame God, don't we? We begin to blame God and we begin to question God. Have you ever done that? I have. I have. God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? I'm serving you. I serve your house. I'm a tither. Come on, God. I gave the heart for the house. Come on, somebody. Why, why are you allowing that? Why am I in the middle of this chaos and confusion? Where are you, God, in the middle of my storm? Have you ever said that? Where, where are you, God? And he, he, here's the point that I want you to hold on to. Here's, here's your handle. Here's your handle today. It's this. It's this. I want you to get this in your spirit today. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of your God. Oh, come on. I want you to hear this today. Never let the presence of the storms you've been facing this year, the storms you're in right now, never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of your God. 
The names given to this baby that would be born, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, but I love this one, Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us in every single season, whether you find yourself in the wilderness, a dry, fruitless season, whether you find yourself in the valley, whether you find yourself in a storm, God is with you. He's with you. He's with you. I want you to take your hand and say, he's with me. Come on. Just like that. Say, he's with me in every storm. Come on. God's with me in every storm. You need to know this today. Emmanuel, God with us. I want us to look at a story and unpack this story. In the book of Acts, we find Paul sailing on a ship with some other men, and they encounter one of the, a massive storm and uh, this storm is so so big and so bad that the men on the ship become terrified the bible says and we're going to look at part of this story and encourage you to check it out on your own time the full story in acts chapter 27 but these men are hanging on for dear life they're to the point where they fear death because the waves are crashing in on their boat uh, the wind is blowing they start throwing the cargo off the bible says and the bible says that they were caught In the middle of a storm. What do you do when you're caught in the middle of a storm? Can I preach now? Acts chapter 27 verse 20. When neither the sun nor the stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging. Oh, some of you know what I'm talking about. Some some of you were there like it's continuing. It's not stopping. Like it's been all year. We're about to end this year and the storm has continue. says, we finally gave up hope of being saved. Sometimes the storm will come to your life to try to get you to give up hope. Here these men were caught in the middle of a storm. And the Bible says that the raging sea continued. The winds continued to blow. The ship is being pounded to the left and to the right, thrown around that sea. And the Bible says that they lost hope. Someone say hope. Some of you feel that way right now. Like, like it, the storm is continually raging in my life. Um, and some of you have given up hope. Given up hope that that marriage can never be restored. Given up hope that healing can never come to your body. You've given up hope that your child will never be 100% whole. You've given up hope that that you're ever going to get out of debt. You've given up hope that you'll ever get free from that addiction. You've given up hope that that wayward child, that prodigal son or daughter, will ever come back to the Lord. You've given up hope. You've given up hope. You've always been depressed all your life, and it's in your lineage, and it's being passed down, and you think this is the way I'm going to go to the grave. I always struggle with depression and oppression. You've given up hope. You've given up hope that God can never heal you from that physical pain. You've given up hope. I need to tell you today that God is with you even in the storm. Look at this, verse 21. We continue reading the story after They had gone a long time without food. No Chick-fil-A out there, folks. (laughs) Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. Why were they in the storm? Paul reminds them. 
it's your fault. <laughs> you ever had anybody in your life that says, I told you so? Oh, come on, just look straight at me if they're sitting beside you. Don't look to them. I told you, I gave you the advice, but you did not listen to me. It's your fault you're in the storm. That's what Paul's saying to him. Paul's on the boat. Paul warned him. We know in the text, Paul said, hey, it's not a good idea for us to go sailing out in these seas. They're dangerous. I've been out there, and it's dangerous. I'm warning y'all, let's not go now. Let's wait for a day or two till the storm passes. But they said, no, we're going to go. Paul's saying, I, I told you so. It was their fault that they decided to go out into these seas into this environment that was risky. Have you ever noticed that a lot of Christians try to blame the devil for the storm that they find themselves in when it's really their fault? Oh, I didn't mean to talk to you. It's probably for your neighbor, but you can listen in on it. A lot of times we cause our own storms, don't we? Yeah, thank you for your honesty. A lot of times we cause our own pain, don't we? Um, Sometimes it's our stupid decisions that we make. Let's just be honest. And we try to blame the devil and we blame other people and we blame the church and we blame everybody, right? Um, The reason you're in debt is because you think you got to spend $3,000 at Christmas every year to live up to an image that your family thinks you got money, but even though you really know you don't. (laughs) And so you spend the next 12 months paying off Christmas. You're in debt. It was your decision. Don't blame the devil. Don't blame the church. That, that's your fault. You're in the financial decision you are. You want to eat out five times a week. You want to get $10, $20 Starbucks coffee. Come on, somebody. That's your fault. You can't pay your light bill. Oh, can we be real? I know we always want to blame God, blame the devil, blame the church. Just blame anybody but the man in the mirror. Don't we? Hmm. Your emotions get the best of you and you say something you regret. That's your fault, not the devil. You said it. You put them down. You said words that you can never take back to that family member, to that friend. Uh, Don't blame the devil. You procrastinate. Then you blame the devil that you failed the test. Where all my young people at? Come on now. Where all my people in nursing school right now? Come on. You got to study. The Bible says to show yourself approved. Right, don't blame the devil. I, I bind you. Say we're binding and loosing devils. We're speaking in unknown tongues, blaming the devil. No, it's your fault. <laughs> right? That, that, that's just what us Christians do a lot. We're selfish for years, and now we're older and we're feeling lonely and we have no friends. Blame other people. We blame other people. We blame the church. You don't have any friends. You, you get put in the hospital. Your kids do. No one comes to visit you. You're not connected to a small group. You're, you're not plugged in. You're not doing life with people. You're just kind of on your own island all alone. And you wonder why nobody's there for you. When other people, they get put in the hospital and 30 people show up from their small group. They have a baby and they get showered by their small group. Come on now. But we, we love to blame everybody but ourselves, don't we? Hmm? Here, here's a good one. I'll close with this on this, day, on this point. Someone's like, yes! Not that fast. Everyone told you not to date him. Your mama told you not to date him. Your dad, oh, I'm going to preach this. Your daddy told you not to date him. 
Your co-workers told you not to date him. Your best friend told you not to date him. Your pastor told you not to date him. Your fortune cookie told you not to date him. Do you get the point? But, but, but you said he's got so much potential. Your mama said he ain't even got a J-O-B. The word for today, Smokey, is J. Anyway. That's for all my ex-potheads. X. X. He has so much potential, though. Look. He drives a fast car. Huh? Yeah, you're right. He does have so much potential to ruin your life. You are right on that. And so here you are. Your heart's in a million pieces because you didn't listen. Paul said, hey, guys, it didn't have to be this way. We didn't have to be out in the middle of the storm, but because you didn't listen. And, and if we were to be honest, I mean, I got both hands up. I've been there. I didn't listen. I didn't listen. And that's why I'm thankful for God's grace when I didn't listen. <laughs> that's the grace of God because he gets you out of messes you make on your own. When you come to him and surrender and say, God, it was me. I take blame for it. I'm broken before you. Help me, God. His grace covers you. His grace shows up in the middle of a storm. Mm. Sometimes you're in the middle of a storm because it's your fault. Sometimes you're in the middle of a storm because it's someone else's fault. Hmm? I don't know about you, but it's easier to believe that God will get me out of the storm if God allowed it, but it's more difficult when I know I got my own self into it, right? It's more difficult to believe, and and, and so here you have a crew on this boat, and, and some of them said, let's venture out into the sea, but others on that boat said, no, it's not a good idea. We know Paul spoke that. We know Paul told them, wait. We know other people on the crew. It wasn't their fault, but they were in the middle of the storm because someone else's bad decision. Have you ever been in a storm because someone else on your boat, in your house, at your job made a bad decision? Oh, don't point to him. Just look right at the preacher. I know it's hard to see me in camo, but just look right here. There's something. It, 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 It was someone else's fault. The reason I'm going through this pain is because of someone else. The reason I'm in this storm is because my parents got a divorce and I suffered the consequences as a kid. The the reason I'm in the storm, someone someone broke trust with me and now they've caused me a lot of emotional pain. The reason I'm in this storm is because my company, someone way high up from me, made bad decisions and now I lost my job right before Christmas. Hmm? The the reason I'm here is because of someone else. The reason I'm here is because someone took advantage of me. Now I'm paying for it months and years later. What, What do you do when you're in the middle of the storm? Whatever the case may be, maybe it is your fault, but maybe it's someone else's fault. But I want to encourage you today, don't give up hope. Because God is with you in every storm. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of your God. 
Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence. Because everything in your mind will tell you God is not with you. God has left you. He has abandoned you. It was your fault. You connected with them. It's your fault. God is not there. I'm here to tell you God is with you. Emmanuel, God with us in every storm. No matter if it's your fault, their fault, or the devil's fault, God is with you. Never to leave you nor forsake you, the Bible says. But our emotions will play tricks on us. Our mind will play tricks on us. And the devil will tell us God left you because of what you did. David said this, if I make my bed next to hell, God, you're there. You may be living in hell right now. Your life may be hell. God's right there. Where does God live? Next to hell. Where does God live next to broken people? Where does God doesn't live in mansions for perfect people? He lives next to broken humanity. He lives next to broken homes. That's where you'll find God. They wouldn't even let the son of God be born in the Hilton Hotel. They said, no, there's no room in here. Put him in a manger. Put him in a barn with the dirty animals, the broken places. Put him in a, put, we don't even have a a crib for him. So so we're going to get some boards and some wood and we're just going to make something to put the son of God in. We're going to get some old boards and and we're going to put him in there. That's fine. There's no room for him in the end, the Bible says. Where is God? Wherever you find brokenness. Where is God? Wherever you find pain. The Bible says that he is close to the brokenhearted. He is close to the brokenhearted. Look at this, verse 22 and 23. But now I urge you, Paul's speaking to the boat still. He's speaking to the people. He already told them it was your fault, but now he he starts to encourage them. Now I I urge you, keep your courage up because not one of you is going to be lost. Someone say, nothing missing, missing. nothing broken, nothing lost. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Nothing lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Paul said last night, the angel of the Lord, of God, to whom I belong and whom I stood beside, he he spoke to me. Paul said, I need you to know that the angels are all around us. I need you to know, church, that you have angels assigned to you. You have angels assigned to your children. No weapon formed against your kids shall prosper. You have angels around your vehicle. The Bible says that we can give our angels, we can command our angels, charge over us to keep us in all our ways, the Bible says. Paul said, no, 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 we're we're not going to be destroyed. Oh, oh, there may be something temporal that's destroyed. This boat may be destroyed, but there will be no loss of life. There will be no loss. We're going to make it to our destination. The angel of God is protecting us. In more ways than you can imagine, God is with you in every storm. In more ways that you can even articulate. In more ways that you can even think of. God is with you in every storm. His Holy Spirit dwells within you. He hears your prayer. He's close to the brokenhearted. He's there to comfort you, to guide you. You are never alone. Even though you may feel lonely, you are never alone. Because Emmanuel, God is with you. 
God is with you. Hit your neighbor and say, God is with you. He's with you. He's with you. Now, I said all that to say my last thing, and then I'll get out of your way. All that brings me to verses 41 through 44. Look at this. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow struck fast and would not move. The stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and keep them from carrying out their plan. He ordered them, he ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and to get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. I want you to see this. The boat hits a sandbar. The boat is being destroyed, still pounding by the waves. And the centurion says, listen, if you can swim, go ahead and jump out and get to that little island over there. If you can't swim, go ahead and grab on to a piece, a broken piece of the boat. Go ahead and grab something that can take you to that land right over there. The, pe- the, the boat was in pieces. Have you ever felt like your life was in pieces? Have you ever felt like it's just everything is falling apart? It's gone from bad to worse. My marriage, my mind battles, my emotions, my money, uh, physically, my business is messed up. What do you do when you look and all you have left is broken pieces? You grab what you have. You grab what you have. You stop being concerned with what you don't have and you grab what you have. Because may I submit to you, church, today that God can take you to your destination on broken pieces. Oh, God can take you to your destination on broken pieces. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. God always uses our brokenness to bring about his wholeness. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. I love this about the scripture because it said, hey, if you can swim, go ahead and jump out. But if you can't swim, go ahead and grab something that's broken and let it take you to shore. The reality today is this. There's some of you, this year has been so hard. There's some of you, this season has been so hard. You don't even have the energy, the emotional energy to even swim. You say, I I don't have the strength. I, I can't swim. I love that he gave two options. I love this about the Bible. If you, can, if you have enough strength, go ahead, jump. But if not, grab something that's broken. Because that's enough to take you to your destination. That's enough. And I want to tell somebody today, I want to tell you today that maybe... It's just a broken piece of joy. Grab it. Maybe it's just a broken piece of hope. Grab it. Maybe it's a broken piece of your marriage. Go ahead and grab what's left. Go ahead and take what's left and watch God take you to your destination because God is in the business of bringing wholeness where our brokenness lies. Grab it. Grab it. Grab it. Grab it. Grab it. it. Nothing is lost. Nothing is broken. 
grab the brokenness and watch God change your life. Listen, listen, little, little is much when it's put in God's hands. Little is much. I I need to feed 20,000. Well, go get that boy's Lunchable. Get the Capri Sun, the two-pack Oreo, the cheese and crackers and the turkey and bring it to me and watch me multiply. When you bring your little joy, your little peace, your little dream, maybe your dreams have been dashed this year. Maybe the devil told you to give up. Bring what's left and grab a hold of it and watch God turn it around for your glory. Bring what's left. Bring what's left. Bring what's left. You say, you don't know the year I've had. I may not know it, but God does. Bring what's left. Grab a hold of what's broken and watch what God will do in this new year. Watch how he'll restore your mind. Watch how he'll set you free from that addiction. Watch. Watch how he'll give you joy and peace that you can never find in a bottle or a pill or a relationship. So you've been searching in all the wrong places. Emmanuel, God is with you. Say, how can God be with me when I'm sinning? How can he be with me when I'm getting high? I'm here to tell you God is with you. Some of you are here today because the angel of the Lord saved your life. You overdosed. You should be dead right now, but the angel of God saved you. You need to wake up and realize God is with me in every storm. It's a new day. It's a new year. I'm not going back to yesterday. I'm going to allow God to use my brokenness to bring about his wholeness. I know. I know what some of you are thinking. Too much has been lost. My home is destroyed. I know what some of you are saying. It's been the worst year of my life. I don't know if I can ever recoup from that. I'm here to tell you that God will give you double for your trouble. I hear someone saying you lost big financially this year. And if you put God first with the tithe and the offering, I'm telling you by the spirit of God, if you put him first in 2019, he will double and triple your income in this new year. See, see, all God wants from us in every part of that Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, 1,166 pages in that book, all he wants is surrender. That's all he's ever wanted, surrender. He wants surrender. And so today... You say, Jacob, that's me. I, I, there's not much left. <laughs> there's really not. I don't even know how I'm here today. I don't even know how I got to this church. I, this is my first time to this church. There's not, how are you talking, why are you talking to me? That's not me, that's the spirit of God. He knows who you are. He knows where you live. He knows what you've been going through. He's Emmanuel, God with you. But I've never served God. He's with you. 
It'll mess up our religious minds to know that God is with us no matter what we do, where we go, where we run, who we go with. He is with you. He's with you. Once you realize that, then you make a decision. I want a better life. I'm going to bring my pieces. And I'm going to lay them down at the feet of Jesus. And I'm going to surrender my life for the very first time ever. Some of you have been in church 15, 20 years, but you've never completely surrendered. You've given God a part of your life, but not all of your life. You said, God, I'll give you all that, but this here, I'm holding on that till the grave. I'm never forgiven them. That right there, I'm not, I'm not letting go what they did to my child. I'm not letting go what they did to my life. And God said, I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. He wants it all, sir. He wants it all. That secret addiction, he wants it all. That affair, he wants it all. Bring the brokenness to Jesus. He wants it all. He wants it all. And when you begin to surrender, when you invite him in, when you invite Jesus into your brokenness, when you surrender your brokenness to him, a peace comes over your life that can compare to nothing in this world. It's a peace that money can't buy. The biggest billionaire, trillionaire in the world can't buy the peace that I have. Can't buy it. Money can't buy it. <laughs> can't buy it. Can't buy it. And some of you today are going to experience that peace for the very first time in your life. It's an overwhelming peace that enters your life and gives you hope and courage to believe once again. God is with me. Emmanuel, God is with me in every storm. No matter what I face, no matter what I face. You see, what you go through is what you grow through. If I didn't have the storms, if I didn't have the wilderness, if I didn't have the valleys, I wouldn't know God to be my healer, Jehovah Rophe. If I didn't go through that, I would know him to be Jehovah Shalom, my peace. If I didn't have confusion in my mind, not knowing, if I didn't hit my knees and cry out to him, I wouldn't know him to fight my battles for me as Jehovah Tishkenu, my victory, my righteousness. I wouldn't know him. But because of what I've been through, I know him to be my healer. I know him to be my victory. I know him to be my peace that surpasses all my understanding. I know him to fight my battles for me and to give me the victory. I know him as my righteousness, that my right standing is not because of Jacob. It is because of the blood of Jesus that was shed for me. So in my time of need, I can find grace and mercy in the time of need when I need him. I know him. Because of the storm. I know him because of the vow. I know him because of the wilderness. God is with me in every storm. In every storm. In every storm. In every storm. He's with me. You hear me? Do you hear that? God is with me in every storm. This message was for you. Stand up right now. Stand up right now.
Stand up. God is with me. When I don't feel him, he's with me. When I can't sense him, he's with me. When I created the storm, he's with me. When others created it, he's with me. He'll never leave me. He's a constant. Friends may leave you. Church people may leave. Family may leave. But God, he'll never leave you. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, And the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me in Jesus' name. It's simple as that. And I encourage you to find a good local church. If if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.